Happy Friday, everybody. It's Friday, July 8th, 2022. This is the Second Half Podcast. I'm Tom Powell, and as always, if you're listening to this, that means you made it through another week and margaritas are in order. Are there any events this weekend that we need to necessarily drink to? No. But is that going to stop you? No. It's Friday. Fuck it. Get yourself a pitcher of margaritas and a big old bag of chips and some guac or salsa and just fucking veg. If you work hard for a living, you earned it. Put your fucking feet up. Um, I got a handful of news stories, as always, that I need to get into here. Um, but before we do, like I do every week, let me take care of a little bit of housekeeping for the newbies to the podcast. Uh, if you're new to this podcast, this is the first time that you're listening, a couple of things that you should know. First, this is an amateur podcast. It is not professionally done. The entire operation is me. and I don't know dick about podcasting. <laughs> Somebody told me, just get a microphone and say what's on your mind and it'll all come together after that. And that's what I did. I got a $100 mic from Amazon, uh, plugged it into my laptop, and, and downloaded Audacity, a, a free service to record your voice, and started my podcast. So you're going to hear some background noises. You're going to hear my dogs bark. You're going to hear the fan in the window. This is not done in some professional setting. It's not done in a studio. It's not edited and mixed. I hit record. I speak. Then I hit stop. That's the podcast. So if you hear some background noise, roll with it. It's not meant to be a finished, polished product. It's meant to be like two people sitting on the deck, shooting the shit. Also, if you're new to the podcast, you don't know anything about me specifically, chances are <clears throat> you don't know about my website. So if you have a moment, swing by oldhippymedia.com. That's old hippie, H-I-P-P-I-E media.com there you're going to find some more information about me you're going to find links on where you can follow me on the various social media pages like facebook instagram twitter clapper snapchat youtube all of that shit you're going to find a link to my merch store yes i have merch uh over 400 items for you to choose from t-shirts long and short sleeve uh, hoodies, sweatshirts, sweatpants, phone cases, face masks, aprons, coasters, Christmas ornaments, wine tumblers, travel mugs, stickers, buttons, magnets, notebooks, you name it, we've got it with multiple designs on it. You're going to find a link uh, on where you can book me on Cameo. I do video shout outs for people on Cameo. Uh, if you want to congratulate somebody on Cameo, you want to uh, uh, tell somebody uh, congratulations on the new baby, congratulations on the promotion, you want to tell somebody get better soon, uh, I hope you're feeling better soon. You want, you just want a video shout out uh, of me telling uh, somebody you know that their pizza sucks and that their football team blows. I can do that on Cameo. And, of course, you're going to find a link on where you can subscribe to my Patreon. Uh, I do these podcasts here every Friday for free, and then I do bonus podcast episodes every other week on Patreon. Uh, the cost for my Patreon subscription service is $4.20 a month. Uh, and the content that I put out on Patreon can only be heard on Patreon. Uh, it's exclusive to that platform. So once again, all of that can be found at oldhippymedia.com. Shit, I never even mentioned my books. Ladies and gentlemen, I also write and self-publish books. And I have two uh, already self-published uh, published that are available at that website. Uh, they are A Grateful Life, The Life Story of a Husband, Father, and Taco-Loving Deadhead, which is the story of the first 45 years of my life. Uh, and then Dearest Renee... Letters from the Coronavirus War of 2020, which is a series of 77 quote-unquote letters I wrote that are somewhat comical to my wife 
during uh, the shutdown of the COVID shutdown of 2020. Those are both available in paperback or ebook formats, depending on how you like to read your books. And once again, all of that can be found at oldhippymedia.com. That's oldhippie, H I P P I E, media.com. All right, we're done with the commercials for this particular episode. Um, it's time we get into uh, the stories of the week. Um, first and foremost, uh, I, I spoke about this in much more detail over on Patreon this week, but uh, Monday would have been my father's 79th birthday, and uh, I do miss him quite frequently. I am not going to go into nearly as much detail here, uh, other than to say uh, happy 69th to my father, who... Uh, currently resides in an urn right here in my home office. Uh, he passed away in 2015. Uh, and over on Patreon, uh, this week's episode, I discuss why we need to change our end-of-life care in the United States of America uh, because of my dealings with my father and my stepmother at the end of their lives. Uh, so if you want to listen to that, hop over to Patreon. Um and check out this week's podcast episode uh, episode over there. Uh, having said that, happy birthday, Pops. Sorry you're not around to see everything that's going on today. All right, on to the news uh, of the past week. Uh, before we get into the bigger news stories, um, this one is one that is going to be very important as we move forward. Uh, and that is that oil has now dipped below $100 a barrel ahead of what is likely going to be an economic recession. Uh, oil prices dropped 8% Tuesday, falling back below $100 a barrel for the first time since May, as some experts warn that prices could fall to as low as $60 a barrel by the end of the year if an economic downturn significantly curtails demand. Uh, the price of U.S. benchmark West Texas Intermediate slid uh, roughly 8% to trade at around $99 per barrel, while international benchmark Brent crude now sits at just over $103 per barrel. The last time oil traded below $100 a barrel was in early May, and although prices have risen uh, since then, both WTI and Brent crude posted losses in June for the first time in six months as experts worry that a recession will hurt global demand. Despite prices moderating in recent weeks, oil is up nearly 15% for the year, hitting a high of nearly $140 a barrel in early March after Western uh, nations sanctioned Russia energy imports, though the country is, is still selling its supply to China and India. And to be honest with you, even though Russia is in that war, the fact that they are still selling their oil to China and India is a great help because China and India are then not trying to gobble up the other oil supplies around the world, causing an even greater strain on supply. Now, with oil now hovering around $100 a barrel, some strategists predict uh, more pain ahead later on this year. City analysts said that prices could fall to, as, as I said, around $60 a barrel by the end of 2022 if we do fall into a recession. With a uh, downturn increasingly likely, demand declines and excess supply will likely hurt prices. It doesn't sound good, economically speaking. I'm just saying. City strategist said in a note on Tuesday uh, that arguing that uh, Brent crude could tank the $65 per barrel by the end of the year and potentially fall to $45 uh, in 2023 are not good indicators for the economic outlook for the remainder of this year and heading into next year. Even amid recession uh, or recent declines, some experts remain bullish, however, saying that, quote, recession fears are killing the crude demand outlook, but with prices roughly 17% lower from March, uh, uh, oil shouldn't go much lower, said Edward Moya, senior market analyst at Oanda. 
So what does this all mean? It means that we're probably going to be heading into an economic recession the later part of this year and heading into 2023. It means that we're going to see some economic pain. Consumer confidence is going to be low. Spending is going to be down. Uh, less people are going to be out going uh, around and doing things. Uh, less people are going to be uh, out spending their disposable money. And we're going to start to see prices come down. Now, people go, wait a minute. Prices coming down are a good thing. Oil prices coming down are a good thing. No, it's a symbol of economic uh, pain. Uh, but what we've been experiencing from the oil companies is corporate greed. What we need is somewhere in between. Now, from a personal standpoint, this is all setting up as an opportunity for my wife and I to make some really good money at the over the course of the second half of this year and the beginning half of next year. If we go into an economic recession and as a result, oil prices plummet, that means that diesel fuel cr uh, prices will plummet along with them. And given the fact that we're in the trucking industry, that's going to be a, a big savings for us on day-to-day -day operations. But Tom, if we go into an economic recession, you're not going to have shit to run with your truck. Not true. What we primarily deal with is agricultural exports in bulk. And that's never going to stop. It's just never going to stop. Asia is never going to stop buying our agricultural commodities. And so we are always going to have loads to move. We're just going to be paying less to move them. Because we're going to be paying less in fuel. It is a, an opportunity for us as a company to really maximize our profits for the remaining six months of the year. And I got to tell you, uh, not a moment too soon from a business standpoint. I don't want economic pain in the country by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, I want us to be on solid economic footing. From a business standpoint, lower oil prices and thus lower diesel fuel prices are going to mean we are going to be able to have a higher profit margin. Uh, and since we tie our drivers in with a percentage of the truck, uh, that's going to mean more money to our drivers as well. Overall, it's going to mean some rough economic times, though. And I fear that's what we're going to be going into. Um, rough economic times are never good for the country. And uh, right now, they're really not going to be good for the country. We're going to go from a period of insane inflation to a period of economic downturn like that. And it's just going to be a roller coaster ride in this country. Uh, but look for that on the horizon. Plan for that now. I'm just giving you guys a heads up. Um, don't go spend your money. Uh, if you can, kind of hold on to it for right now and, and see what this market's going to bring. But Tom, telling people not to spend their money, isn't that going to help hasten this? <clears throat> right now, interest rates are getting jacked up. And in six months to a year, they're probably going to be uh, cutting deals all over the place. You're going to be able to get houses for cheaper. You're going to be able to get cars for cheaper. Things in the grocery store and over at Walmart and Target are going to be cheaper. They're going to be giving vacations away in a year. If nobody's traveling and oil is plummeting and we're in an economic downturn, they're going to be giving vacations away. You're going to be able to go on a cruise for like 500 bucks. <clears throat> so just kind of head on a swivel, if you will. Be mindful, is all I'm saying, okay? Now, I hate to dramatically shift gears uh, here on the podcast, but um, we cannot have a podcast li like mine without discussing the, the latest mass shooting to make the headlines, this time from Highland Park, Illinois. Surely you've all heard about it by now. Uh, if you follow me on any of my social media platforms, you know I talk about it. Uh, and we're going to discuss it here some more. Uh, on Monday, July 4th, scumbag Robert Cremo III took his boomsticks to a 4th of July parade in Highland Park, Illinois, and opened fire from a rooftop. He ultimately ended up wounding two dozen and killing seven. Cremo has also admitted to authorities that he carried out the shooting 
prosecutor said on Wednesday during the suspect's first court appearance. He appeared at the bond hearing via a video link from jail two days after the attack in Highland Park, Illinois. Dressed in, a, uh, in black and wearing shoulder-length hair, Cremo, Cremo was denied bail by Judge Theodore Potkonjak. Judge Teddy. I don't know how to fucking say his last name. It's Judge Teddy. Quote, he does pose, in fact, a specific and present threat to the community, the judge said in ordering that Cremo be held. Cremo spoke only briefly to confirm that he did not have a lawyer. A public defender was appointed to uh, represent him. Can you imagine getting handed that job? Hey, I got one for you. What's up, boss? What do you got for me? I need you to defend the mass shooter that admitted that he shot seven, uh, killed seven people at a Fourth of July parade. Fuck! Ben Dillon, a county prosecutor, uh, told the court that the suspect had confessed to the Fourth of July attack after he was apprehended. There was no plea entered at the hearing, and authorities said on Tuesday that Cremo planned the Illinois attack for weeks. As the annual parade marched through downtown Highland Park, he climbed uh, onto a rooftop from an alley and fired more than 70 rounds at prosecutors. If you've seen any of the videotape of people who were uh, recording the, uh, the parade and then it catches the audio of the fire, it is just bang, 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 bang. It is just going off from this rooftop. He made his getaway dressed in women's clothing and makeup to cover his facial and neck tattoos, officials said. The suspect was arrested later on Monday when he was stopped by police at the wheel of his mother's car, which authorities said he had driven to Wisconsin and back to Illinois following the shooting. After Wednesday's hearing, Sergeant Chris Cavelli, a spokesperson for the Lake County Sheriff's Office, said Cremo saw a celebration in the city of Madison, Wisconsin, and, quote, seriously contemplated using the firearm, firearm he had in his vehicle to commit another mass shooting. Yeah, you heard that right. He told authorities he actually drove to Wisconsin immediately following the shooting, saw another celebration, and contemplated performing another mass shooting in another state. A Smith & Wesson semi-automatic rifle similar to that of an AR-15 used in the shooting was found at the scene in Highland Park, and Cremo had a similar weapon in his mother's car when arrested, according to county prosecutors. Police say they had no immediate evidence of any anti-Semitic or racist basis for the attack. Highland Park does have a very large Jewish community, and that was one of the things that has been tossed around since the shooting. Investigators were reviewing videos Cremo had posted on social media containing violent imagery. Cremo's parents said in a statement released by their lawyer that they are requesting privacy. Quote, we are all mothers and fathers, sisters and brothers, and this is a terrible tragedy for many families, uh, the victims, the parade goers, the community, and our own. Our hearts, thoughts, and prayers go out to everybody. Really? Tom, don't be, don't be mad at the parents. No, I'm going to be mad at the parents because this story is not over with yet. I continue. Cremo legally purchased five guns in all, rifles and pistols, despite having come to law enforcement's attention on two prior occasions for alleged behavior suggesting that he might harm himself or others. The first instance was in April of 2019 uh, when an emergency 911 call reporting Cremo had attempted suicide followed uh, in that September, uh, or I'm sorry, followed in September of that year by police uh, visit regarding alleged threats to, quote, kill everyone, end quote, that he had directed at family members. Yeah, you heard that right. He had been visited twice before purchasing the gun because he was deemed to be a threat to himself and others, and he told members of his own family he was going to kill everyone. Police responding to the second incident seized a collection of 16 knives, a dagger, and a sword amassed by Cremo in his home. Though no arrest was made, 
as authorities at the time lacked probable cause to take him into custody. State police said that the knives were returned to the family later on that day that they were confiscated after the father told authorities that they were his and stored in his son's closet for safekeeping. A bullshit lie to cover for his homicidal and suicidal son. State police acknowledged having received a report from local authorities declaring Cremo a, quote, clear and present danger after the alleged September 2019 threat to his family. State police said that they closed the matter after determining that Cremo at the time had neither a gun owner's identification card to revoke nor an application to deny. All he had was knives, and they had already gone and dealt with that, and the father lied to the authorities and said that they were his knives. So there was nothing to do here. Neither of the 2019 incidents surfaced in four background checks conducted during his subsequent uh, firearm purchases. Having said all of that, Cremo's dad said he sponsored his son's gun permit application because he thought his son wanted to go to a shooting range. Robert Cremo Jr. told the New York Post that he sponsored his son's firearms, uh, firearm owner's identification card, which Illinois residents must have to possess firearms or ammunition legally. He said he did this because he believed his son wanted to go to a shooting range and that the 21-year-old suspect was given background checks when he bought the guns. You know, he drove there, he ordered them, he picked them up, and they did his background check on each one, he told the Post. He said he had zero involvement in the mass shooting. Oh, but you did. The father of the suspect said people have tried to blame him for the shooting. Quote, uh, they make me uh, out like I'm grew- I've groomed him. Sorry. Sometimes I have trouble reading my own uh, notes. They make me out like I groomed him to do all this. I've been here my whole life and I'm going to stay here. Hold my head up high because I didn't do anything wrong. And that's where I need to come in with a little personal commentary. The fuck you didn't. You knew your son was a threat. You knew your son had homicidal as well as suicidal thoughts. You knew that he had been visited by the police already twice. You knew that they seized 16 knives from him. You lied to the police and said that they were yours in order to get him back. And then after all of that, after he was deemed a clear and present danger, you sponsored his ability to buy guns. You are directly responsible for this. And as far as I'm concerned, the father should be brought up on accessory to murder charges. He's been brought up on seven counts of murder so far. They're going to slam this kid with dozens of other counts. Every single person that was wounded, he's going to get an attempted murder charge. Every single person that was in the vicinity that got shot at but didn't actually get hit is going to be an attempted murder charge. There are going to be dozens of other uh, charges that this kid faces. But the father should, at a minimum, face accessory to murder charges on the seven murder counts. Because that kid was not going to be able to get a gun if everybody around that kid was truthful with the system. And the dad was the biggest perpetrator of spreading lies and assisting his son in the ability to get a gun. The dad is as responsible as the kid is. Now, a lot of people are already starting to make this out to be a Chicago issue because it's in Arlington Heights, Illinois, a suburb of Chicago. I've said this in multiple videos, and I'm going to say it here again for you. If you equate this to a Chicago problem, you're a dumb fuck. You're, You're dumber than a tree stump. This is one of the most affluent neighborhoods, uh, suburbs of the city of Chicago, period. It's 20 miles north of the city of Chicago. It's 86% white. It's median, not even average, it's median household income. It's like $130,000 a year. This is the town where many of the John Hughes movies of the 80s were filmed. This is not a Chicago issue in any way, shape, or form. And oh, by the way, the dad who helped sponsor the gun uh, ownership card, ran for mayor of Arlington Heights as recently as 2019 on the Republican ticket. 
huge 2A supporters, huge back to blue folks, huge MAGA crowd. That's right, right-wing terrorism. Let me ask you a question to all of you idiots who are going to try and portray this as a Chicago problem. Do you think those gangs in the city of Chicago that cause the violence that you guys like to spotlight, do you think that they're right-wingers? you think they're Republicans? you think they're MAGA? No, they're not. They don't necessarily, necessarily carry a political affiliation. These fucks did. The kid that shot up the grocery store in Buffalo, he did. More and more of these white, right-wing lunatics that go and shoot up a place, they seem to carry some political affiliation, as this kid did. If you got somebody in your family that you feel is a danger to themselves or other people, you owe it to the public to get guns out of the out of those people's hands. You owe it to the public to pick up the phone and say something to the authorities. Hey, this doesn't seem right over here. I know this kid's my son, but he's talking about killing everybody. He's amassing, amassing an arsenal of weaponry. He seems a bit off. He's putting shit on the internet that's a little bit hinky. Yeah, no. None of that shit took place here. The dad stuck up for this fucking kid at every fucking turn. Lied about whose knives it was. Got the knives back. Sponsored him to get a Foyd card. The whole shooting match. This fucking father should be brought up on charges today. He should stand trial simultaneously as his son does. Bob Cremo Jr.? You better have a good fucking lawyer, my friend. Because you got a lot of legal problems coming your way in the near future. A lot. Which brings me to other legal issues to discuss. Specifically, Trump legal issues. Yes, Donnie has more legal issues. I know, shocking. You can hardly believe it, can you? You're clutching your pearls. <gasps> Not Donnie. No, I never. I can't believe you would say such a thing, Mr. Powell. Well, he does. The Fulton County Special Grand Jury investigating possible criminal interference in Georgia's 2020 election issued subpoenas Tuesday for Rudy Giuliani, Lindsey Graham, and several others in former President Donald Trump's orbit. Others who were issued subpoenas include John Eastman, Cleta Mitchell, Kenneth Chesborough, and Jenna Ellis, all of whom advised Trump on ways to overturn President Joe Biden's win in Georgia. Excuse me. The special grand jury also subpoenaed attorney and podcast host Jackie Pick Deason. Lindsey Graham, in what can only be described as a totally shocking development, said on Wednesday that he intends to challenge the subpoena according to a statement by his attorneys that was shared with ABC News. Quote, in my conversations with Fulton County investigators, I have been informed Senator Graham is neither a subject nor a target of the investigation, simply a witness. This is all politics. Fulton County is engaged in a fishing expedition and working in concert with the January 6th committee in Washington. None of which is true. Any information from an interview or deposition with Senator Graham would immediately be shared with the January 6th committee. As chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee, Senator Graham was well within his rights to discuss the state officials with state officials, the process and procedures around administering elections, the attorney said. Quote, should it stand, the subpoena issued today would erode the constitutional balance of power and the ability of a member of Congress to do their job. Senator Graham plans to go to court, challenge the subpoena, and expects to prevail. Well, let me ask you a question. What would a, a senator from South Carolina have to do with local elections in Georgia? Georgia runs their elections. South Carolina doesn't run their elections. He doesn't need to know what's going on down there. And if he had an issue with the way elections were being run in states uh, that Trump had an issue with, why did he only focus on Georgia? 
Why didn't he call a bunch of other states? Why did he call the one state that Trump also called and is on tape saying, I just need you to find the votes? I need you to find the exact number of votes I need plus one to overturn the election. Why did he call that state? Now, there's a lot more to come uh, to come when it, uh, when it comes to this entire uh, uh, Georgia investigation. But I'm telling you, this is leaning towards Trump getting indicted in, in Georgia. A lot of people that listen to me are going to go, he's never going to get touched. They're never going to indict him. I think there are a lot of, of indictments coming Trump's way uh, from a lot of different areas. And I think Georgia is going to be one of them. Watch this space. Because Georgia is going to get really interesting. Uh, the federal investigation into the January 6th uh, insurrection is heating up. And that's where we're going to discuss some things uh, now, if we could, please. Uh, the January 6th uh, investigation, the January 6th committee. So, as you know, uh, there is a, a, a select committee investigating the January 6th insurrection. Uh, it, conv- it consists of all Democrats and two Republicans. We're going to go over this one more time for the people who aren't following along. Uh, The two Republicans that are seated on the January 6th committee were seated by Nancy Pelosi. The Democrats wanted them there. Why? They're committed to making sure people like Donald Trump never rise to power again, even though they are some severely conservative Republicans. They are Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger. The rest of the Republicans were pulled by the Republican Party. That's why there are no other Republicans there representing Trump's side of the story. Adam Kinzinger, as I mentioned, uh, being one of the Republicans that was appointed by Nancy Pelosi, uh, he's really receiving uh, some blowback from people in his own party. Now, full disclosure, Adam Kinzinger is currently, and will be until the next election at the end of this year, my member of Congress. He, he represents Illinois' 16th congressional district as it is currently constituted. The map has been redrawn. This uh, district has been eliminated. Adam Kinzinger isn't running for any office this year, so at the end of this year, he will be out of a job. Uh, but I, I need to make full disclosure. I need it to be known that I live in, in his district. Not only do I live in his district, I live in the same small town as Adam Kinzinger. I live in Shanahan, Illinois. And so does Adam Kinzinger. And there are a lot of insane Trump supporters in this town. Like, critically fucking stupid, potentially very dangerous Trump supporters in this town. And Adam Kinzinger has been getting uh, some voicemails left on his phone. The voicemails contain graphic descriptions threatening violence and death uh, towards Kinzinger and his family. Um, just so that everybody's aware, voicemails that are left uh, to lawmakers are traditionally reviewed by interns and younger staffers in Congress. These are people in high school and college that are listening to some of these voicemails and, and, and going through them before they make it the, to the member of Congress, to the, uh, to the representative. So uh, high school and college kids had to hear these messages first before passing them along uh, to Adam Kinzinger, and they are... They are indicative of what we're up against, folks. They are truly indicative of, of what we're up against. Uh, here's a, a, a small sampling of the messages left uh, for Adam Kinzinger. Hey, you little cocksucker. Going to come protest in front of your house this weekend. We know your, where your family is, and we're going to get you, little cocksucker. Gonna get your wife, gonna get your kids, you little cocksucking bastard. That was one voicemail. We know where you live, we're coming to get you, we're coming to get your wife, we're coming to get your kids. Here's another one. I hope somebody like him kills you, uh, sorry, I hope somebody like him kills your nasty mom and your nasty wife. It's not a threat, it's a hope. Another one. Uh, said, you're going to swing for fucking treason, you communist fuck. Uh, undoubtedly left by 
some ignorant fucking hilljack that couldn't even define what communism is. And then, of course, from the family values, conservative, holier-than-thou party, we have this last offering. I hope you get terminal cancer, you motherfucking pig. Fuck you. Folks, that's what these fucks are willing to say to their own people. Adam Kinzinger voted with the Trump agenda 94% of the time. During Trump's four years in office, Adam Kinzinger voted with the Trump agenda 94% of the time. He has been a conservative darling to these far-right-wing, gun-toting, fascist fucks in this town for years. But the minute he went against the dear leader, this is the kind of shit that comes out of the woodwork. We know where your family is, and we're going to get you, you little cocksucker. Going to get your wife, going to get your kids, you little cocksucking bastard. Who the fuck calls up a representative and not only threatens to kill them, but threatens to kill their wife and their kids? Let me tell you who does. Trump-supporting Republicans do. That's who does. MAGA does. That's who does. I hope you get terminal cancer, you motherfucking pig. That's MAGA talking right there. I hope he kills your nasty mom and your nasty wife. That's MAGA right there. When you uh, go Google this uh, audio, because Kinzinger put the actual audio of the voicemails out out there. Go listen to them. What you're listening to when you're listening to that, uh, that audio is pure MAGA. Pure MAGA. And MAGA is, continues to be, and will continue to be into the near future the greatest threat to the future of the United States of America. If those voicemails aren't an indication of it, This last story sure as fuck will be. Members of a couple of different white nationalist groups that were in D.C. on January 6th to assist the president in overthrowing the government, like the Oath Keepers, have been arrested and are now cooperating with federal authorities investigating the events of January 6th. These far-right-wing extremists believed that President Donald Trump would invoke the Insurrection Act as they gathered at the Capitol, 100 strong in their camo-colored tactical gear, and turn them into his own ultra-loyal federal militia. <coughs> That's what they're telling federal prosecutors, anyway. What was their fantasy mission? To stop the steal, defend the president, and defeat the deep state. Do not concede and do not wait until January 20th, 2021, Inauguration Day. Strike now, Oath Keepers leader and founder Elmer Stewart Rhodes urged in an open letter to Trump on December 14th, 2020. Strike now. He went on in that letter to say, you must call us up and command us. That's right. Command us. Right, Rhodes? Right, Oath Keepers? Command us? Because you're all fucking sheep. You're all little wannabe toy soldier cuck pieces of shit who need to be commanded like the fucking dogs that you are. A lawyer for the Oath Keepers said, these guys are fucking crazy. He said, these guys believe that? They're fucking crazy. But he says he plans nonetheless to convince jurors that the pro-Trump anti-government group, 
actually had two lawful and non-seditious reasons for being at the Capitol on January 6th. Reason one, they were an invited security force for rally planners and participants, including Roger Stone, Ali Alexander, Latinos for Trump, and Virginia Women for Trump. Reason two, they were awaiting Trump's orders. When those orders failed to come, Rhodes lawyers will argue, argue that the Oath Keepers left the Capitol, had dinner at Olive Garden, collected the weapons and provisions they had stashed uh, at the ready but never used in their rooms in a comfort inn in Arlington, Virginia, and went home. I just want to fight, federal prosecutors say Rhodes complained after failing to get Trump uh, on the phone that night, like some extremist Pinocchio with a thwarted dream of becoming a real militiaman. The feds argue in court papers that the Oath Keepers' private chat messages show sedition was their real motive. The chats are full of references to a civil war against the, quote, usurpers, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, and to using force to oppose the transfer of presidential powers, which is the very definition of seditious conspiracy. The feds also argue that Rhodes oversaw two military-style, quote, stacks, unquote, uh, or formations of Oath Keepers who forcibly breached the Capitol and that the real reason the group uh, left D.C. was that the FBI had begun making arrests. I cannot stress enough how dangerous groups like the Oath Keepers and the Three Percenters are. I, I read about this shit every single fucking day for the things that I do on TikTok, for the, uh, uh, the, the, the podcast that I, ho- I host, and I'm telling you, if you're listening to this, I'm telling you. You have somebody near you that's a three percenter, that's an oath keeper, that's one of these fucking people, or one of these proud boys, that is a domestic terrorist. Could be a friend could be a relative, could be a loved one, could be somebody you've known for years. I don't fucking care. That person is a domestic terrorist, and you need to mind your fucking P's and Q's around them. They are domestic terrorists. If you're listening to this, and you're telling me you're a proud member of the Proud Boys, the Oath Keepers, or the Three Percenters, I'm telling you, you're a domestic terrorist, and you should be on a fucking watch list. And you should be listening to everything those people around you are saying, for an indication as to what's coming up next because they love to talk about what they're going to do. They love to drop hints about their next mission. They love to drop hints about what's coming in the future. Listen to them and be mindful. And when you hear something, you call the authorities. They are domestic terrorists who are itching to kill everybody they can in Congress Throw off this government and form a new one in their own image. I read Oath Keepers, Three Percenters, and Proud Boys posts, commentary, websites, chat room uh, discussions, and these people are not deterred at the moment. We need to make sure that they get deterred. We need to make sure that they get deterred and stay deterred. They even hint at gathering in the next state over for such and such event. You let that next state know these are dangerous people. But Tom, I've known these this so-and-so, this lady, or this guy my entire life. I don't fucking care. I'm telling you with 100% certainty, these are domestic terrorist organizations and if you have somebody that claims to be a proud member of one of these organizations they are a domestic terrorist in plain view these people are the greatest threat to the United States of America's future the oath keepers the three percenters the proud boys these are our biggest threats Not some brown people wearing a turban from a faraway land. Not some black people in the inner city. Not some brown people coming across some border in the southwest. These people, they're they're already here. They're already armed. 
they're already organized, and they are itching to pull the trigger. Itching. Don't believe me? Grab one of your 3%er or Oath Keeper friends in a moment of honesty. Pull them to the side and say, listen, honest to God, just want to know. Do you believe in overthrowing the government? I guarantee fucking you, if you engage them in that conversation, you're going to hear some shit from them that is going to make your blood curdle. These people are a danger. They tried to do it once. They are going to try to do it again. And let me tell you something. If Trump gets indicted and or convicted on anything anywhere in the country ahead of the 2024 uh, presidential election, we are going to have people shooting in the streets. And I believe Trump is going to get indicted ahead of the 2024 presidential election. People are going to view it as their responsibility to attack the people who are trying to imprison him for his crimes. I get it. I'm just some retired landscaper. I'm I'm not necessarily somebody that should be listened to. I understand all of that. You can you can listen to me, or you you don't. You can not listen to me. I read this shit every fucking day so that I can do these podcasts so that I can make content on TikTok or or Instagram or somewhere else I'm telling you what they're telling us they are domestic terrorists hell bent on killing every fucking member of Congress that disagrees with them no matter what party they're in remember these people wanted to hang Mike Pence and live stream it on Facebook on January 6, 2021 And they voted for him. There's a question you could ask your 3%er friend or your proud boy friend or your oath keeper friend. Go up to him and say, hey, what are your honest thoughts on Mike Pence? And then take two steps back because shit's about ready to get real. You're going to stick a quarter in them and you're going to see their true side. Ask them. In a moment... Of, of complete sincerity. Hey, I really want to know, what's your honest opinion on Mike Pence? Bet you 10 bucks at some point in time they talk about how Mike Pence should be killed. We got a lot of problems in this country. We got a lot of problems to solve in this country, and we're adding to those problems by going backwards as a society but at the end of the day we can't fix any of our problems if we allow these right-wing extremist radicalized domestic terrorist fucks to overthrow our government and install some new trumpian dictatorship you see something you say something you hear something you say something You don't look at this person and go, but I've known him for 25 years. I've known him for 30 years. I don't give a fuck how long you've known him for. If my own father told me he was a member of the Three Percenters, I would let the local officials know, we got ourselves a domestic terrorist right here. He's talking about going to X, Y, and Z and participating in ABC. And now they're telling federal prosecutors, federal investigators, what their plans were. They've admitted to having weapons stashed uh, just outside of D.C. in the event that Trump actually uh, uh, invoked the Insurrection Act. And here's the fucked up part about it. I know it doesn't sound real. I know it doesn't sound logical. But if Trump had actually invoked the Insurrection Act on January 6th and called up the Oath Keepers and the Three Percenters and all of these other domestic terrorist organizations to be his own private militia, it would have been fucking legal to do. Think about that for a minute. Think about if he actually had a set of balls between those orange thighs and actually looked out in the crowd and said, I hereby invoke the Insurrection Act. Go get him. 
Mike Pence would be swinging from a fucking tree. Nancy Pelosi would be swinging from a fucking tree. The votes of the 2020 election would have been thrown out, and Donald Trump would have been reinstalled as dictator of the United States of America. You think this is hyperbole? You think this is me being an alarmist? You think this is me being an extremist? Go read some of their words for yourself, ladies and gentlemen. They're telling us what they were planning to do. They had the munitions and weapons ready to go. But Tom, how come they didn't use them? Because the dumb fuck never invoked the Insurrection Act. They were waiting for the order. And then they would have killed everybody. We would have had an absolute bloodbath on our hands at the Capitol building. Thankfully, Trump doesn't have ball one to be able to step up to the plate and do something like that. But the next guy might. The the DeSantis's of the world might. You willing to take that risk? You willing to roll those dice? No? Then vote Democrat. I don't want to hear how Democrats aren't doing everything you want them to do. I don't want to hear how Democratic candidates aren't perfect. I don't want to hear how your guy didn't win because the Democrats muscled him out of the primary in 2016. You either vote Democrat or you allow these fucks to run the show. Which one is it? I said it before. I'm going to say it again. MAGA is the biggest threat to the future of the United States of America, period, full stop. And you better start waking up to that fucking fact, or we're we're not going to have a country to defend anymore. That's not hyperbole, that's real. They've come after women's rights, they're going after voting rights next, they're going after gay equality next, and in the next election, there may very well be 2,000 armed members of some Patriot Front or Proud Boys or 3%er or Oath Keeper group at the Capitol building actually firing shots at people. Head on a swivel, people. We are far from done with this shit. Far from done with it. All right, if you are somebody that would like to sponsor this show or you know somebody that might like to sponsor this show, send me an email. Go to my homepage uh, at oldhippymedia.com. Scroll to the bottom. You'll find my email address down there. Uh, If you know of somebody uh, that would like to sponsor me on one of my uh, social media sites, by all means, send them my way through my email address. Otherwise, that's all I have for you this week, ladies and gentlemen. Until next week, as always... Stay grateful.